What's up? We're back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Unpacking. I'm Sarah. And I'm Lauren. Heyo. Heyo. <laughs> and today we're talking about being a girl boss. Dun, dun, dun. Because it's a struggle bus. Bruh. <laughs> this topic has me all kinds of effed up sometimes. Because Yeah, it really does. My first thought when I hear the word or term girl boss, I just think of that book that was then made into like an HBO series. I'm probably wrong on all this, oh, but it was yeah. like a TV show oh, yeah. and everybody loves it. And my mom has told me like, oh, you know, like – look, this is like you, you're, you're doing the thing. And I'm just like, I still haven't really like consumed that content, but I'm like about it. But I'm also like, I don't know what's happening. Mm, I don't know the book. I don't know the series. I don't know any of, I know what you're talking about, but I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't prescribe Yeah, it's like hashtag it. girl boss. And so aside from that, I have not had a real conversation about being a girl boss as well right now. it's kind of just like the forms it's just this idea that's been out there and popularized so lauren tell me about what you do answer that question how you will up to interpretation <laughs> that, que that question um well what i do if i wanted to keep it simple uh and stick to my current job at the time of this recording on the day that we are recording because who knows maybe i'll listen to this in 2052 and you know be doing something different but my current position is a channel producer and host at a television station and i am a journalist in short my job is a lot it has a lot of common misconceptions i am a freelance sign language interpreter and uh that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but most of the time my family just asks me when I'm going to be on TV. <laughs> and <laughs> Oh my god. And I'm like, "Please god, no." No. That's so funny. And so basically what I do is just provide communication access for people that have language barriers, in this case people that use sign language to communicate that may identify as deaf or hard of hearing. And uh, it can look very different in many different situations, whether that's at a conference or in a doctor's office or in a classroom. The role is very different. And so that's, that's one of the things I like about it. So we have these careers. We just define what we do. And then there's this concept of girl boss. And so my first, when I hear it, the first thing that I kind of just think about is this perfect, well put together, everything is in place, woman who is grinding it out to make her career as successful as it can be, mm -hmm. has goals, is meeting them, does come across some trials and tribulations, but when handling them, is handle handling them with much grace, you know, a lot of grace. And it's kind of just like balancing all this stuff, like you're being a girl boss, like everything is just flowing perfectly and mm. if something just happens to pop out of place like it's fine we're gonna handle this because I'm a girl boss and that's like the thought that I have in my head when I yeah. think that 
And I think that and I immediately, my other brain cell is like, that is an illusion. <laughs> like <laughs> that is, it, it's a perfect illusion in the words of Lady Gaga. Right. If this woman that has everything put together or seems to have everything put together and is being a quote-unquote girl boss, if that's an illusion, then are we all just girl bosses that just have not fully realized our potential? Well, you know what? I think it's before we even like get there, I'm almost like, can we talk about the expectation? It's like, okay, I have this definition of girl boss in my mind from what I've consumed, but why? why is being a girl boss so... Why does that matter? Well, I think we had this time in history where women didn't have a lot of autonomy. And so that movement of, you know, resistance or the women's movement resisting against the system and, you know, wanting to come into the workforce uh, during World War II, taking care of the home and being at work then World War II ended, and then we were, quote-unquote, back in our role, but we wanted to redefine our role because our role had been redefined during the war, and then, you know, let's not even talk about, you know, all the little things that happened historically leading up to this shift, and I don't think we could condense that into one episode, but a lot of moments historically leading up to this this shift in you know, what we've conceptualized our role as women to be in society. And once we, once we quote unquote, conquered the workforce or even got to sit at the table Mm -hmm. in the workforce, once we got that seat, like those, those women that were being a part of conversations that we weren't used to, that we didn't used to be a part of were the original girl bosses and it was something to aspire to because we had a newfound sense of independence and autonomy and power. And then we could even get into talking about how most of those people in those positions or most of those women in those positions of power and those girl bosses were not women of color. And that's a whole other conversation that we could have. I was thinking when you were describing that, I don't know if I could say that those were the OG girl bosses because because of that, because most of those women were not women of color, mm. the women of color were always working. That's true. They have always been juggling everything and work and, you know, it wasn't really an option. But I guess my point is, is that when this word came to be we were entirely ignoring women of color it was about oh you know now white women are taking over the workforce we're uh we're the girl bosses it was the white women that were doing this and that were making it a trend a brand an image to be capitalized and commodified and sold made into a book made into a tv show made into merchandise let me make money off of this word and this concept even though all these women of color that came before me were already having to do this to support their families to support their partners their loved ones to survive essentially white women commodified it and they made it a brand an image i guess is what i is kind of how i'm seeing it at this moment yeah no that makes sense and part of me is like man that kind of sucks but it's also like that also again like how how we're saying it i mean it kind of drove 
the push to right. get us where we are today. So it's kind of like this double-edged sword with that. But Totally. Um, and I don't even think that right now we're in this moment of time where women of color are getting the credit that they deserve. I mean, absolutely, absolutely not. not. We as humans and society, you know, proclaim adoration for influential people in society. And a lot of them are not women of color. A lot of them are white women that are probably doing the exact same thing. (laughs) But getting recognized for whatever whatever yeah whatever it is whatever it is whatever it is show me a white woman that's doing something good in society and i can probably point to two or three women of color that have been doing the same damn thing right but are not doing it for the paycheck or getting this feature in a magazine who aren't splitting their time between activism and promo or if they are they're just not being acknowledged right it's yeah right right we're starting to see a little bit of a shift at least what I'm speaking from personally, but, but yeah, we're, we're not there yet. Yeah. So then taking that context of there's a history to, Mm. you know, having our career being the quote unquote girl boss, you know, who got the ball rolling, Mm -hmm. who, who's been out here doing it the whole time. Right. And, you know, kind of just having this pressure to keep that, that movement going right which i think is a a positive pressure like i think it's nice to be competitive you know about our our place in the work totally place and like where we are in those spaces and you know to be pushing and being like yes like we are striving to do our thing the pressures that come with that i think now that's when the struggle bus comes into play so the struggle bus is when you literally cannot catch a break and it feels like a bunch of things are going wrong and you're like, why me? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just thinking of this story of where I was I was sitting in class and I was answering this question. And uh, let me, just for the listeners, uh, before we get into this, I'm, I'm Latino. I'm half Cuban, half Puerto Rican. And uh, my teacher in this scenario knew that about me. Um, and I was answering this question. I think it was about English grammar. And my answer was correct. You know, it was, it was the right answer. But this teacher, dead ass, looked at me and said, yes, but let me ask somebody that's actually a native speaker so we can confirm. What? And I was so embarrassed. I felt so, like, I felt myself turning, like, blushing. Right. And I could just like, and the thing is, everybody in the class thought it was hilarious because I was the only non-native English speaker in the room. I was the only Latino. I, like, that was a very mortifying moment for me. And so I just think about how many other women of color are out there on their struggle bus being a girl boss or whatever and having to feel like you have to try so much harder like I felt like I had to try so much harder to prove to that teacher that I was good at English you were saying I felt like I had to try to work harder to you know get on the same level right it's not even that you you had to try you did yeah I I think that we we need to be like a little bit more clear that there's no question that 
and I'm, I'm going to expand this to, to women in general, mm -hmm. the same thing can be put in the situation of the workplace. If you are not a straight white male, mm. then you're to a certain extent, I think in variation and there's different levels to it. And you, you know, it's like a push to, for a lack of a better term or right. phrase. That is definitely one of the seats on the struggle bus. The be better seat. Um, but I, I want to play devil's advocate too because I feel like oh, there's okay. – and, and I don't know. I don't have like a fully fleshed yeah, yeah. out thought about this. But Go I feel ahead, like, Libra. I, right? Okay. <laughs> Me and my BS, literally. I'm like – I can say that and I can say, you know, I have to work harder and I have to – because the spaces that I'm entering or are not necessarily – Right. And there are some people, those – I, I'm like scared to say this because, and I'm not even saying it as my own thought, but yeah. there are people who say it shouldn't matter. Just go in and do your thing. You're only stopping yourself. So you're saying that there is a school of thought that believe that the barriers that we are perceiving are barriers that we place on ourselves rather than actual barriers to overcome. There are just people who really believe that. People that are just like, yep, like I've made it to this point and I didn't make it to this point by focusing. I guess it's that, by focusing on all of the all of the barriers that are placed on top of me. Maybe that's a better I guess, but there's just this there's just this mentality that if you just focus, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you can do this. There's nothing that you can't do. Let me ask those people, how are you going to pull yourself up by your bootstraps when you don't even got no shoes? You Ooh, know what I'm tell saying? Them. Yes. I just, God, like, it just blows my mind because I, I think, I want to think. I want to think. I want to believe. It would be just bliss if I could say to myself, Sarah, if you just work hard enough, it'll be fine. If you're good enough at English... Your teacher will perceive you the same as the native speakers in your class. But you know what? When I finished that class, my teacher did not think that I was equal to the rest of the students around me. They thought that I had just improved and I did a very good job. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's, I guess yeah. it's just, I think it's a, a really easy like way to cop out and say like, Let's not talk about this because, you know, all our barriers are different and we don't want to unpack all of the different barriers that each of us face and the different obstacles in the way that, that it affects our everyday lives. When we can just prescribe you this method of focus, work hard, be productive, five habits for effectively successful people, whatever the name of that book is. All you have to implement are these five things. It's just five things. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah. Like, I think that's just very, it's a very myopic way to see the situation. And it's really prescriptive instead of descriptive and talking about the things that we're actually seeing and facing in our everyday life. I think that's not working. I think we're trying to throw self-help books at things that are just systems in place that are failing. Right. But as far as what else can be on the struggle bus, I guess yeah. I, I, I will say that the biggest issue that I've faced in this whole endeavor to be the quote-unquote girl boss of my dreams and my goals and aspirations is balance. Mm. 
And that's why I had started talking about like the pressures that are self-inflicted and also yeah. put, you know, given from other people. But I mean, I can wake up or not even when I'm going to bed, I'm running through a to-do list in my mind, which mm-hmm. I mean, I've written the to-do list down. I have, I have a whiteboard that I love using to get my thoughts out. I have notebooks that I will also write it down on there. Sometimes I use the notes on my phone. I mean, I, I yeah. definitely try to expel those thoughts out of my mind and get them down. But at the end of the day, when I lie my head on my pillow, <laughs> I'm still going to be thinking about all the things that I need to do that I think I need to do, um, you know, to like keep, keep it moving along, you know, and keep things in the direction that I need them or that I think I need them to go. And then I wake up and I'm, I almost don't even like rest peacefully. Like I just sleep. I'm just sleeping to sleep. I wake up and I'm like, okay, time to start my day and get these things done. If I don't get all of them done and I don't feel I was as productive as I could have been, it's, I want to describe it as self-defeating, but it's really frustrating. And I mm-hmm. feel like I'm trying to put out fires that I probably set myself <laughs> and I'm just failing at quenching them. Like it's just a, everywhere I turn, I set up these expectations and things for myself to, again, go to the girl boss thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's hard because of course... I am one person. I can't do everything. And, you right. know, like, I, I also have that other side of my brain that knows, like, hey, Lauren, simmer down. Mm. Let's just organize ourselves for a second and be realistic with what yeah. goals we can get done that's productive, that we're not losing sleep over it. Mm-hmm. And, yes, we are moving in the direction, but it's not, like, pressing, like, flooring <laughs> it in the direction. Right of girl boss like you can it's probably better to slow it down and get it right the first time and and do Mm, things in their due time than rush through and my dad always told me you can't rush a good thing wow amazing it's just so simple it is so simple so complicated at the same time to to follow to like live by but yeah i mean I think one of the pressures I face is uh, the comparison game. And it's it's not even with, like, everybody around me that I'm comparing myself with. It's more the mentors and teachers in my life that I really respect and admire. And uh, one kind of tactic or technique that I think has been successful for the most part is when I set my mind to something, I find somebody that has done something that I want to accomplish. And if I, I'll ask them how they did it. Or if I can't ask them, I'll watch or read about them or whoever it is, whatever it is, I'll figure out how they did it. And I'll try and, you know, embark on the same journey. But I think I just get into this thing where I compare myself to the experts when I'm just starting and I'm like well look at the work that this person is doing and look at the quality of their interpreting and look how they or this person runs an interpreting business like wow look at how successful they are look at how organized and structured look at all the stuff that they know that I don't know and then I'm like sitting and at my computer whatever and I'm obsessing about stuff 
and like my partner will just like walk up to me and be like, uh, you're not going to be an expert overnight. So maybe just shut the laptop and eat some chicken nuggets and mashed potatoes with me, please. <laughs> right. What's one thing that you would tell your past self in regards to work, career, girl boss? All of it. Uh, I would tell myself not to ask permission to do the things that I know I'm good at doing. Because it doesn't matter if it's in the way that I speak or the actions that I take. I do many things in a way that I'm still asking for approval and still asking for validation and still asking for permission. And if I could tell my younger self something, it would be to go ahead. Just do it. There's always going to be the people that that don't like the execution and Sarah, it doesn't matter what way you do it. They're just going to be haters. So go ahead and stop asking for permission and validation. There was so much that we talked about. Absolutely. <laughs> um, when it comes to being a girl boss, which we are unsure if we really identify fully with that term. And if you got a suggestion for something better than girl boss, please hit us up because... We don't really. Yeah, we're not there yet. We're not. I don't, we're also not yeah, girls. Not, we're women. Just right. I don't. I just. I don't get it. I. I feel mm-hmm. like. How about. How about just being a boss? Mm. I, I think I like that mm-hmm. more. Okay. So when it comes to being a boss, a, it's important to acknowledge. And understand, the spaces, the workspaces that we are going into, and have a clear idea of, what is beneficial and what is going to be a barrier Mm -hmm. and either find a support system that can help us get through that to just make it a better situation b to embrace the struggle and maybe even beyond that not be embracing the struggle but completely turn it on its head and address it as the process or the journey. The journey. I am no longer riding the struggle bus. We are not riding the struggle bus. We are just on our way. Cruising the easy street. <laughs> okay, maybe not that. <laughs> but hopefully, loved ones, friends, family, partners, we're having conversations like these and that maybe this conversation can inspire your conversations. Mm-hmm.